Hello and welcome to Passing for Normal, where normal is shifting every day. I'm your host, Sharon Weil, and during this time of coronavirus shelter, physical distancing, and enormous change and transition, I'm bringing you helpful insights and practices from body-centered practitioners to help keep you healthy, balanced, and calm beyond face masks and hand sanitizer. Today, my guest is Volker Moritz psychotherapist, sexologist, and continuum somatic educator who works through many healing modalities to help free expression of the body, heart, and spirit. And we're going to be talking about how to turn shelter into sanctuary, transforming staying at home into sacred space. Welcome, Volker. Thank you, Sharon. It's wonderful to be talking to you all the way from Amsterdam. The Netherlands, right. Yes. So how are things there? Well, it's the transition time where people come out a little bit of the lockdown. So basically, we called it here the intelligent lockdown where people were asked to stay inside, but we were not pressured to stay inside. So we could make our daily walks and uh, yeah, being in nature, being outside, but also being aware of the distance between each other and being aware of, yeah, um, washing hands and all these kind of things, of course. Yeah, it's very much a transition time, and it right. feels like it is, um, you know, very needed, very wanted. People want to go out, get out. You know, I'm here in California, and people are just wanting to be at the beach and at the parks and on the trails. Um, and yet, the sense still is for the need to be at home, in home. Do you think it's easier? or harder to be in this sort of sense of transition? Well, what I feel it's more difficult. Before it was basically just staying inside. So then everything was so calm. There was no, yeah, there was nothing to go to. There was nothing to do outside, basically. No cafes were open. And so people really stayed more inside. But now, I mean, it's spring here. So it really draws you outside also. And the more, like from next week on, the cafes will be open, people are allowed to sit on terraces. So then it's really the question how to keep your center, to really um, yeah, be aware of what is the right thing to do. Right. So it opens up a lot more questions. It opens up right. a lot more freedom of movement. But on the other hand, it opens up a lot more questions about how to, um, how to behave. I mean, here, I'm sure you read that there are people who are, who are defying, you know, wearing face masks and, and intentionally defying the, the um, orders to not gather. Um, and I think that, I mean, people have to defy rules, right? I mean, there are those people that will, but it also comes from some other place, right? I mean, how I see it, I heard somebody talking about how basically we all go through a certain way of grief and there are all these different stages in grief. So there's um, uh, basically saying it's all not true. There is anger, there is happiness, there's like total bliss around it. So all the different stages, like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross talked about these stages of dying and, you know, dealing with grief. And basically the same thing is also happening now. So everything is there the whole range of emotion is there and i found it so exciting in that way it's really so what is triggered in me what is what is happening and 
seeing how can I be with my own emotions, but then also also respecting other people in their emotions and their way of dealing with this whole situation, of course. Right. Right. So you are um, a body-based therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and can you explain somewhat of how you work? I mean, basically, so I'm psychologist and sexologist. So, um, well, of course, sex is all about the body and the expression of the body. And so when I work with people, it's really always looking how is somebody uh, embodying the body. So literally, where is somebody in the body? Is the person mainly in the head? Um, is there any contact with emotions, any contact with the body? Are they aware, for example, where the breath is? And like to the listeners now, you can just check for yourself. Where's your breathing happening right now? That's one of the really simple things. But sometimes when I ask this question for people who, who come to my sessions, they really have no idea. They never, nobody ever asks them that question. There, there's mm -hmm. no awareness about breath is moving the body in a certain way. And the beautiful thing is always when people come and it really doesn't matter what kind of problems, basically at the moment they are entering the body, the whole mind, the whole um, way of thinking um, yeah, shifts immediately. So whenever there's like too much thinking, too much emotions, it immediately calms down the whole system. And yeah, there's a certain kind of um, quietness immediately coming in somehow. Mm -hmm. And so you are also a, uh, a continuum somatic educator, mm -hmm. like I am as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so how does that, how does that work inform how you work so what i notice with continuum is um i mean it's such a big field of wisdom really that yeah we were lucky to to learn so for me it's one thing is that really understanding that we are part of the earth that our body is fluid that is moving on earth and has this incredible intelligence of knowing how to move um, how to form itself, I mean, that we have the body with all its functions is coming through the intelligence of the fluids that is expressing itself in that way. So knowing that there, it's a whole different approach of um, walking through life. Mm -hmm. And especially in these times where basically there are all these ideas, like from the outside, um, for me really the question is, so to whom like where's my where's my focus point? Do I have to listen to an external authority, or can I really come in contact with this internal, yeah, knowledge basically, and having that as a guideline? And that doesn't mean being ignorant about what is happening in the world, but it is really having this contact and this inner guidance inside. And with that way, also, yeah, an incredible, um, how can I say, an incredible compass that that shows me how to move, literally how to move. And in Continuum, we use a lot of uh, sounds. And for me, I was talking about how breath changes the body. And what I noticed, like, especially sounds immediately changes the breath and immediately changes the way we are in our body. So just having, for example, a simple hum sound, like a hmm, gives a certain vibration, changes the frequency of the, the fluids. And in that sense, immediately gives a kind of... Um, yeah, rest or calm for the nervous system, for example. And in that way, it changes the whole system. 
And there are, of course, other sounds we can use and so on. But for me, it's like an, a very direct way of bypassing the mind, bypassing the uh, emotions and really coming to the still point of the body. So um, this inner reference that you're speaking to, you know, the difference between um, orienting myself towards something external and orienting myself towards something or being guided by something internal really brings me into um, the conversation that I want to have about you about how, especially during this transition time, mm-hmm. you know, we turn these moments, this pause, this pause that we've all been given into something that feels more like a sanctuary or like a sacred space, more so than, um, than lockdown, right? Mm-hmm. Than being yeah. locked away. It's like appreciating what is here. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to that? Because I know you do that so well. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let me take a moment to see which answers come on that question. So, I mean, one of the incredible gifts we had or I experienced in this um, quiet time or in this putting, being put on hold for all of us somehow is that we somehow for the first time we could really experience how is the world, how is the earth, how does it feel when there's really this, this quietness there? Because normally we don't have that anymore. Like, I mean, in the past there was whatever, Shabbat, there was the Sunday where the shops were closed and really people stayed at home, but we don't have that anymore somehow. So just having that and listening to the quietness, listening to the birds, listening to the sound of the earth without the cars, without all the noise that is literally continuously happening somehow, was an incredible relief for the system. At least that's, again, how I felt it. So now that it is changing is still for me the question, how can we still have that as a reference point? Um, And because we could feel it in this very quiet time, how can we take it into the, um, how can I say it, into the action, into the moving more outwards again, moving maybe into our work or into our, yeah. That's right. More common life. Or I don't know even how to call these things now, <laughs> what we are going into. Right, because it's not normal life anymore right. or ordinary life anymore because right. it has shifted. And one of the ways that it is shifting or can shift is what you're talking about, bringing this awareness this internal, this, this being more attuned to the sounds, to the feelings, to the, to the quiet, and bringing that into how I go about my day. Right, right. And I mean, one of the things is, for example, the simple slowing down, like here in front of the shops or the bakery, there are all these queues now of people waiting that they can be helped because not so many people are allowed into the shops. So just having that quietening down and having to wait and then maybe not all the time looking on a kind of screen but just standing there and it's a beautiful time for example then allowing the body to connect right at that moment again with the ground that is carrying you at that moment so just feeling when you are standing in front of the bakery how am i carried off the ground of the earth at that moment or making a tiny kind of sound a tiny kind of humming and just feeling that vibration in your body. 
So, you know, we don't have to lie on the yoga mat or all these things. We can really do it everywhere. And because there's still a certain quietness or a certain um, slowing down, it's really beautiful to practice it in, yeah, outside in the surrounding. Right. And I was going to say that it can be more challenging to have that internal slowing down or that internal sense of quiet when the world is starting to speed up. Speed up, right. Um, and yet, it was also challenging, very challenging for people initially to slow down in the first place mm -hmm. because it was so abrupt. You know, all over the world, we were told, go home, right. close your doors, stay right. inside. And I mean, of course, there are also like this, there's this split in like a certain group of people really were really active in working, like in the healthcare or yes, the politicians. Yes, of course. I mean, there are so many people who did an incredible amount of work in their time. So there was no quietening down at all. But also there's always a kind of balance or I always see a kind of balance in life, how certain people then can hold that quietness for those people who then have to actually speed up and do much more work working days day and night for example so oh yeah say more that say more about that you know about the idea that it isn't necessarily doesn't have to take place within the individual but that some people can hold one end while the other people hold the other end right so how i see it basically is that that we are a field so when yeah that we are that there's a that there's a certain connectedness or a certain field how we all um, I mean, vibrate has a certain, how can I say, nearly esoteric meaning, but I really see it literally as a certain vibration that we all have together. So when, like when we have water and there's a lot of wind on one side, then the other side still can carry the, the quietness, for example. It doesn't all have to move or start moving. Mm -hmm. and then, or like a wave, it, it starts on one end and then breaks and changes its form to the other side so there are all these different forms and formations in water for example so the same way like in our life we don't all have to run or do like but that's really like this big challenge to can i really go into the total quietness still even if some people have to work so hard for example like can i allow myself that and can i understand that this is part of keeping the balance then Mm -hmm. You spend um, time in retreat centers now mm -hmm. and uh, tending temples. Mm -hmm. right. um, and so I'm imagining that that, uh, that that time that you spend there is doing what you're talking about right now, is holding a sense of, of, of peace and quiet and calm uh, in a more active crazy world so can you speak about that right i mean um so yeah what you were saying i i mean basically i studied all kind of religions or all kind of spiritual path to see what are the similarities how do they come together what like what is my path in this life but um so and i did a lot of study of the the hindu rituals and the, the ceremonies and i was working in different temples and retreat centers and um, 
I mean, one of the things is that there were always people, you know, whatever the yogis in India or some monks in some, some monasteries or some uh, indigenous traditional people who had this function of, um, let's say, keep the earth together or keep the, the harmony, keeping the quietness. Mm-hmm. And that's also one of the things when I, I started to do in continuum these very deep retreats, like we call it the healing darkness, where we went into the darkness, into the silence like for nine days being in a room which, which um, slowly started to get darker and darker, um, developing certain sound um, sequences, movement sequences, and then being in that space where you could really slow down so much that you could find also your own rhythm because the room was dark. It wasn't clear if it was day or night. There was always food there, so you didn't have to look on the time when there was a break and you had to eat. You could really sink into your own rhythm. And um, and in that time, it was really it really felt like how certain uh, indigenous cultures, like the the Kogis, for example, in Colombia, have this uh, um, like in their traditional way, they have these people who get trained in the dark. Also, like from from childhood, they get trained being in the dark, and in that way, developing this sensing of mm-hmm. what is happening on the earth. And I mean, you, you know, you can all Google the information, their beautiful films around their lives and so on. But it's really, um, how can we in the Western world live that way? How can we listen to the earth? How can we li- listen to the needs that are there in this way? And I always come from the point where it's also not really having any answers ready for people. You know, we have this uh, talk now and people will listen to it. And I actually don't like listening to any blogs or any uh, read any books because it's just more information. It's just more input. And what I would want to invite is how to listen to yourself, how to listen to yourself and the the earth and nature to feel what is needed for yourself so that it's not, again, this external authority that is telling you what to do, but you can feel it inside yourself. Right. And so, you know, my hope with these podcasts is to inspire people and to begin to instruct, you know, to begin to offer ways in, try this. How about trying that? You know, and so for what you say about really slowing down, about really taking the time to go inside and, and, and discern First of all, there's a certain discernment that has to happen. What voice am I listening to? I have all these different voices within myself, the voice of my heart, the voice of my mind, who's very loud, right? And, you know, to discern and to be able to listen, to follow threads of impulse or of sensation um, and and understand my response. Right is the way to begin. So how, how would you suggest that people begin? Yeah, and just to follow up on that thread, yeah. also just because there are all these ideas from culture, from um, religions and so on, how one has to be. So really coming back to, I mean, what I love is basically coming back to what inspires you, what is, for example, beauty for you. Like beauty is such an... Um, yeah, an incredible, how can I say, um, yeah, I want to say calibrator or something. Like just whatever, just looking at the surface of water, looking at a flower that opens up. And I mean, especially in, in nature, we can see all this beauty. 
And in that way also, how do you create a sanctuary for yourself in your home? Like really using elements that create beauty. And in that way, already something can quiet down also again. And in that way, another, yeah, another way other answers can come through. One other beautiful thing, what I really love is basically just to lie down and being carried by the ground. I mean, mm -hmm. it sounds so, you know, we don't even do that. Like I'm often, when I'm visiting people, basically the house is not even made to lie down. We are always sitting on chairs or on the desk or behind the screen or whatever, but just allowing yourself to sink into the ground and not even, you know, not, it doesn't have to be a cozy, soft bed, but really literally feeling ground that there's a connection, a contact. And feeling where do you feel like being held up or where do you feel yourself sinking into the ground and allowing that um, yeah, kind of softness, a kind of, um, when you think of like honey, that is like, you know, dripping, softening into the ground, for example, having that image or like clouds that are dispersing and melt, like I'm going to say opening up and the blue sky comes through, having that feeling in your body, for example. So that, that we create space in the body. Because what happens to all the, the speeding up or all the tension we have, it is like a kind of compression that's happening in the body. And with compression, there's more stress. There's a certain, um, I'm going to say, yeah, stress, compression, fear. And that does, from, from there, it's not where we want to have the answers to come from. So the question is how to create space, how to create um, yeah, how to create space? I think that's the right. And when like. and when you are lying on the ground and feeling the ground supporting you and feeling yourself, like you say, dissolving, spreading, resting right. down into the ground, do you use um, breath in any way, sound in any way to help soften that compression, that stress that you're talking about, because I could, I could be stiff mm -hmm. or tense laying on the ground and I know Nothing I'm changes. stiff and tense, but right. what, what, how can I make that shift? Right. So um, sometimes it can be having the intention already of softening or using images that give this image of softening. So flowing water, this cloud that is dispersing, um, feeling like a waterfall or like water dripping into the ground, feeling like a root connection system, for example, all these images do something with our system and can give already a kind of feeling of spreading and sinking in. Um, sound is a wonderful way, what I said, the humming, for example, or any kind of soothing, soft sound, like a, uh, like a, you know, a soft R that is spreading out or a, uh, through that already the breath becomes longer and already changes the whole system. But sometimes I notice also like making sounds is already too much. So then I also just love to literally just allow the earth to do the work. Mm. Or I... Um, learned and lived with the Maoris for a while from New Zealand and they for example use stones so literally taking a stone you know it can be a tiny stone it can be a, a bigger rock and asking the rock to do the work and just placing it on your body and just feeling that weight of that rock sinking so to say 
in or through your body or feeding whatever energy stress is there, allowing that rock to absorb that and then later placing the rock back into nature or you know, cleansing, cleaning it with water or something. But these things really work. So how can we use the ele elements and the elemental beings of, um, yeah, we were talking about creating sanctuary. So using them, it is there, it's all around us. Yeah, and I love uh, your expression of letting the earth do the work, letting the rock do the work. You know, it's yeah, like this yeah. idea that as humans, we hold ourselves out and above, uh, separate yeah. from the rest of the world, the natural world that we belong to and thinking that we have to do it all ourselves. I have to keep yeah. myself upright. I have to keep myself exactly. going rather than, as you say, letting, allowing the the trees to breathe, to breathe us, exactly. right? In reciprocal, uh, in reciprocation. Strange, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, and those rocks too, it feels like they're, they provide a, a weight, right? A weight exactly. that is, yeah. Um, yeah. Right, so what you're saying is that you can create a sanctuary within your home with, uh, surrounding yourself with beauty, with simple beauty. Yeah. yeah. So really and, use, using elements from nature. And it's also somehow, you know, going back to what most of us did as being children, like walking around and collecting things, like collecting shells and stones and feathers and carrying them with you and, you know, being proud of them, showing them their parents and looking at the structures of them and holding them, having you know, coming back with filled bags or with all these kind of objects. And again, in the indigenous cultures, it is medicine. It is what helps to clear our system. So starting to become innocent in that way again and playful as a child and using these things. So really, really using them because that's what they're for. That's right. So not just surrounding yourself with them, but really no. using them and really no. having a conscious relationship with uh, either what you bring in from outdoors or um, or even the art that you have in your home, right? Exactly, everything, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the sanctuary within your body. Right. So what I always love is there also, like we can we can basically focus on any point of the body and because the fluid wisdom is in there, that is millions of years, you know, it's like, from the beginning of the earth that's all that wisdom is in our body so basically wherever we focus on our body it's right there and of course you know we all love the heart center for example as a beautiful uh, meeting melting uh, starting point but it might be you know it might be the elbow for example what is the elbow telling me and how can i move from the elbow like for example lying on the ground you know and then allowing movement coming from that elbow and what is it teaching me and i i know from myself i had this incredible um, movements one time in this continuum dive so in this sequence where we practice continuum where i started to focus from the elbow and through that for example my armpit could open up in a whole different way and i felt from my armpit a connection with the um, um, with my ankles of my feet where as a child, I had an accident there, and it was a total unconscious um, um, uh, revelation. Like, but through this 
using my elbow as a guidance, having that connection, opening the armpit, and then having that um, memory of what happened around that ankle. You know, these kind of things can happen. So how really the body is connected and how the answer is coming in that. Right, and, and coming through the elbow, it's an unexpected entry, right? Mm -hmm. right? The heart where, you know, because there's so much reference to the heart and reverence for the heart, it's a little bit more familiar, both in terms of softening, but also in terms of being guarded, right? Because it's, right. it's, a, it's a pattern, we, we understand it, but the elbow, who even thinks about their elbow, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so something new, a new discovery can be made right, right. by coming in in an unexpected way. Right. And it could be, I mean, thinking of the heart, I love, for example, to work of the backside of the heart. So how is really when my heart, like not thinking of the front side from the chest, but really the backside of my heart, where's the, where does it want to move there? Like where does my back want to move or expand or fold in to the back? So also that gives a whole different orientation. And, very different answers and how I see it it's like information is coming in through these movements or through these yeah opening or uh, positions for example that the body then takes so that gives this other way of thinking or understanding the the body but also in that way the world in a different way so let's talk for a moment about taking time and making time <laughs> for this kind of slow down exploration to take place, especially now that things feel like they're speeding up or mm -hmm. moving outside more. So what do you suggest for people in terms of taking time, making time? Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing right now is exactly that. So I can immediately answer the question or just first letting that answer travel in and feeling it into my in my system where does this question for example land in my body where do i feel a resonance of your sound in my body so actually i don't even need to answer that question <laughs> and in that way allowing myself just to rest and i mean of course it depends in what situation you the listener is living like sometimes we are you know, again, in a situation, a household where there are children around, where there is a lot of work to be done, where the stress is so high or somebody's ill. So it's a very different situation that somebody feels more isolated or alone even. And so you really have to find for yourself that um, answer to that question. But how I see it is really starting with... Um, like when you want to go out... For example, taking yeah, a kind of focus point in the body when you go out and just coming back to that as a kind of an anchor. So whenever you go, if it's to make a walk in the park or if it's to go to the bakery or you know, to your work or what you need to do, always then coming back to that kind of anchor in your body. So that's the, the still point. That's the point where you always can return to because that will already shift the whole way how you move through the yeah, through life, through this day. Another possibility is when you come back or before you go out or, you know, finding some time that you really can be carried by the ground, for example, or, for example, having that stone, placing that on your body. So that there is a kind of release, that there is a kind of letting go. 
especially because all the energies are so um, charged and everybody is so, you know, with all these emotions that are floating around out there, having this way of having a release and connecting with the ground again. So there would be another possibility. Then, yeah, making, for example, after you heard this podcast and it's possible, making a walk and finding objects in nature where you feel called to beauty. What, is your, what are your eyes um, attracted to? What, is your, your, what are your ears attracted to? What are your feet attracted to? Where do you feel you are called to in order to connect with? Because that's the guidance, your inner guidance already telling you, ah, this is the curiosity of that. And I'm sure the answers will come. So it's not, you know, there's not one, one answer for that. It can be very different for different people. I one time wanted to support a person who actually had to go to the hospital in these days. And I thought I will connect with her and, you know, give her a kind of safe um, space from the distance now when she goes to the hospital. So I will think of her and I will do continuum in that time while she goes. And I thought it will be very quiet, very, you know, resting uh, sounds that I would do. But actually what I felt like I had to do a lot of very active movements, a lot of um, like in continuum, we have what we call the jungle gym, which is a really powerful, um, you know, with a lot of um, yeah, strong breathing, but still in a relaxed way, but very active. So I was surprised myself that that actually came up. But I felt that was a way of actually dealing also with the whole emotions, with the whole, um, yeah, really activating the field again, because there's so much holding in that way that it needed the, like, again, thinking of water, that when, when water gets stuck with, you know, um, uh, leaves or sticks and so on, it needs a lot of activity, for example, to get moved further in a way, or lots of water streaming through, so it starts to become alive again. And so, again, w what your system needs, I don't know, but your system knows it. And once you listen to that, you will find the answers of that. Beautiful. Beautiful. I thank you so much for this conversation and for this time together. Um, I have felt myself to slow down and to um, rest into the way that, uh, that we're speaking just even from this. Mm, great. Yeah. So um, can you please tell listeners how they can uh, be in touch with you, find out more about you, reach you? Sure. I have a website with my name, volkermoritz.com. So it's like a German uh, name. So it's V-O-L-K-E-R-M-O-R-I-T-Z.com. And there are my contacts. There are a couple of videos I made. Um, yeah, you can read about different traditions I studied or learned about. So continuum, the work with the Maoris, the psychology, sexology part. And people can always contact me if they have more questions. And once we can travel around, probably I will teach and give workshops again with Continuum also. So Mostly yeah. in Europe? Um, I basically always travel wherever I'm invited. So, and I also have to see for myself how that will change now, where it will go, but basically I'm open to, yeah, to yeah. go wherever it's needed. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been very illuminating. Great, wonderful. This has been Passing for Normal, conversations about change. 
If you like our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. It helps our audience to grow. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to SharonWeilAuthor.com. You can also find out more about the Changeability books and about all the guests featured in this podcast at that website. Large or small, go out today and make a brave change. Dare to bring new ideas forward. Our world needs you right now.